Chase Minifield, Dom Joseph, and Max Millian discuss life lessons they've learned as young entrepreneurs in the business world. Join them as they debate current events, business topics, and enjoy a few laughs with their weekly guests. And now for today's show. What up, what up? Here we are with another episode of the CTC Podcast, Cut the Check Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Minifield, coming to you live from Los Angeles, California. And we have Dom Joe on the line today. Yes, sir. Philly, you already know where I'm at. Hold it down, baby. And we have Max Million on the line today. What's going on, world? Happy Sunday. Quarantining in Charlottesville, as always. So, man, it's a, the, you know, quarantine. I don't even know what week it is right now. Well, I got a question for Dom Joe that I haven't got to ask him. Since we haven't been able to get no cuts, Joe, how you looking? How you looking with the, you know what I'm saying? You know you had some, you had some areas, you had some areas that wasn't growing and you was you was putting some black magic on it. What's up, man? What's the deal, man? <laughs> All right, man. It's going to get crazy. Uh, my explanation is going to, yeah, man, let me tell you something right now. I haven't been getting a cut. I'm, I'm probably like three and a half weeks out, maybe four weeks out from getting a cut. I got to get one, though, from real tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? My grandmother died on Wednesday. It's all good, though. We good. She was 95, circle of life. It was great. But it was COVID? It was COVID-related? Nah, not COVID-related. She was she was at my dad's house. Not COVID-related, but she, she was at my dad's house, but she's from New York. So we have to do... One of my boys that owns a funeral home, man, it's crazy how we have to do it. She's at, she's at my boy's um, funeral home right now. You got to go. She's gonna, we're going to drive... Literally to New York, you can't even go inside the church. You can't even go inside the church. Rules say you can't go inside the church. So you're gonna go in outside the church. They're gonna do the blessing, and then um, we're gonna go. They want you know my aunt. She wants her to drive past like her house one more time, and then we're gonna like slide her into the mausoleum. She got a mausoleum plot, so that's gonna be nice and cool. And then boom. Um, but uh, to be honest with you, man. Hey, all I can say is things happen in life, and it's gonna be what it's gonna be, man. So there we have it. Did you even answer the question, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? Are you do rag up, or you know what I'm saying? You coming out? Are you are you happy with the with your growth? You, you could you get brave? I got to go too. No, uh, to answer the question. To answer the question, I got I got to get a rush cut on Tuesday, but. It's not gonna be the real draw, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna make real. I'm, I'm gonna try to get real to do a house call. Uh, see, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because he. I, I try to talk to him, and he. He's not. He's if you're on house calls right now. But either way, I gotta get a cut. And you know, Rail's the only boy to do my cut. So either way, I'm gonna get a cut. I just don't know how I'm gonna get the cut. Yeah, I gotta talk to him first. You know what word, I'm saying? Word. So I, I still didn't answer your question, but still. Yeah, I mean, you still, you're still answering the question. Max, do you still understand? <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out, bro. I'm trying to figure out know. if it's if it's growing yeah, silent or you about or it's about dead up there. Right here, yeah, that's when you get the cut. He said, How you looking? Yeah. How am I looking? Bro, how the hair growing is. If you see me, if you see me on if you see me on Instagram, you know how I'm looking. I got the do-rag on, I got the hat on everywhere. It's been like that for a while. Do-rag on with the hoodie, <laughs> hat on with the hoodie. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't need to know how I'm looking, man. I'm out here maintaining, man. You know what I'm saying? West Virginia in a month. Nigga, I'm out here. Ooh. Uh, uh, I didn't, oh, damn, my fault. I didn't even hear my fault. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I don't know where we, I don't know how things is going I'll right now, it. bro. But I'll yeah. Stop it. 
Uh, he obviously we can't get no 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 real answer. He's dodging us like the media right now. He's dodging us like Trump. <laughs> I know your answer. I know you, I know your question. I know your question. You know what I'm How you know my question? Hey man, Max, what's, what's the, so what's the what's the real update with quarantine, Max? Give us an update, man. You seem like you booked and busy out there, man. We said Max, the most busiest man we know. Yeah, I'm trying to be like Max. Yeah, I'm trying to be like Max. Max hey. like business as usual down there. Look, man. Yeah, hold on, I don't on Max. Hold on, hold on, Max. Max. Uh-huh. Max. How are you? How are you like business as usual when your governor shut down the freaking state for until January uh, to until June 10th? He said, minus essential businesses. I'm an essential business. And here's how I look at it. Look, they denied <laughs> my loan for this paycheck protection program, so I'm going to get my money one way or another. You know what I'm saying? I, I might have slowed down a little bit oh. if they gave me that loan, but they denied Yo, my they loan. Denied they denied your PPP? They denied your PPP? Yeah. You they have they no employees? Before they approved That's mine. Messed up. You don't have no employees, do you? Up. You have to. You hey, know, Trump. The paycheck protection Trump, plan? Bro. You got to have employees yeah, for that. And the small, but I had, I applied for a small business loan too. They oh, denied yeah. that joint too. So I said, you know what? That's they okay. I'm out here essential. I'm still running and gutting. I'm booking more business than ever, man. So, you know what I'm saying? I took this, I got a little bit more free time in my hands because the construction size is a little bit slower. So, went ahead, got the moving company, and now I'm working on getting it up and running. And we, so yeah, we moving kinda, people out here. We kind of breezed past that, that last week too. since we had a guest, man. So, so bring us on this, 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 uh, this moving deal. So, how did this come about, man? We, you know, that's a good topic for us to, to learn from my company, mergers and acquisitions, man. How'd you how'd you yeah. how'd you get an opportunity to buy into this moving company? So basically, um, so one side of the business that I have is I basically like have daily laborers that I I rent out to guys, you know, construction companies that are looking for a little more work. Um, I got a couple corporate teams that like when they have big truckloads that they need help unload and they'll contact me. So anyway, I was um, I had a couple of guys working and this dude who owns this moving company heard through the grapevine from one of his friends that this is what I do. So he gave me a call a couple months ago. I sent him a couple of guys and then uh, he loved them so much. He's been using them for a while. And then, uh, you know, we met, got to talking. I kind of told him what I did, some ideas I had for him. And after a while, he was just like, he's kind of younger. And he's like, look, man, I, I really been looking for somebody to kind of, you know, help me grow my business and vision, blah, blah, blah. He's like, look, you know, if you give me a small percentage and can guarantee me some logistics and guys, you know, I'll give you a certain amount of percent of this company. And then hopefully, you know, I can learn from you and, you know, pay you for that. So kind of basically happened like that, man, just meeting through the guy and uh, he wanted to grow his company. He thought I had some knowledge I could help him with. Um, so right now, you know, I'm introducing some ideas, you know, in the last week, we probably grown for already 30%, um, you know, just some few simple things. We updating the website, um, doing some marketing. He had all white trucks um, or was renting Penske trucks. And, you know, I got us a couple of trucks got them wrapped with the uh, company logo and stuff like that. Just look a little bit more professional, you know, put our faces on the website, just some small things. So it's been going well. And uh, we've been booking business, you know, people. Who, in who, who's, the, who, who's, who's moving right now? Who are your clients? Residential people in Charlottesville, man. People are still moving. People got to move. Mm. So where is Vosjanek? Where's, where's Vosjanek moving in? He's moving in. Where's where he moving in? He's moving in Richmond. Oh, that's direct competitors. You direct competitors with yeah, Vosjanek. I, I was about to say, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, this, you got to love competing, though. You know what I'm saying? I already got a couple. Come on, baby. I already got a couple uh, meetings down in Richmond. You know, I'm not going to say too much because I haven't gotten down there and secured the business yet. But just know that I'm coming into Richmond, baby. Just know that. You talk to Vos? <laughs> you know that's Vos City, bro. You know that's Vos City. Uh, you know okay. I'll, I'll talk to him when oh, I get in there. He'll see. He'll see me. 
That's it, baby. It's just competition. And you know, Chase knows me. I'm gonna do what it takes to win. You know, that's it. it. Takes to win. That's how I'm you know gonna be. Saying? I'm gonna find a way to get in there, and we taking over. I'll find a way to win, huh? Hey, that's Not a good thing. Week. That's a good thing because we we talked about this this week, man. Me and Dom Joe, and it was about um, it was about how life at this moment is kind of like the the guy in the machine at Chuck E. Cheese, and it's the hurricane machine, and you're going in there, you're going in there to grab as many of the dollar <laughs> bills as possible, and everything's going around crazy, and a lot right. of people is walking around like there's no opportunity. You know what I'm saying? They sitting in the middle of the machine, and everything's flying around. You know what I'm saying? Everything's flying around, and you walk, and by the time the machine's done and they cut the game off, they're like, "How many you get?" I ain't got nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I ain't got nothing. <laughs> so I feel like that's a that's a, that's the point in frame right now. That's a good point in topic at the moment is that you got to be in that machine and you got to be trying to grab as many things as possible. And it's I'm I'm trying to figure out why is it so why is it to the point where a lot of people see it as a dead space in time during this time frame? Like even though the opportunity. Uh, even though there's opportunity, where, well, how are people not seeing opportunities? Like Dom had a person that was, he was ready to set up as a, as a, his own personal regional underneath Easy Work Helpless to work in Morgantown. And, you know, he signed a contract with, he signed a contract with a, with a <laughs> professional league team. That's not even, that's not even in business at the moment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, like, he, he signed with the IPFL. He signed with the IPFL, man. <laughs> the NFL, NBA, um, UFC, all these big yeah. corporations ain't, and they, ain't, and they national really. ain't in business and he's signing with the National Arena League talking about hey bro, I gotta get ready for the season and I, oh bro, my God. I almost, almost, almost threw my phone down bro, I almost threw my phone down <laughs> but um they might be bankrupt by the point this goes over no, but, yeah, I mean, you know what, XFL no, done no, no, Chase, I'm gonna, tell you, I'm gonna tell you something about Chase, yo. I'm gonna tell you something about Chase Chase has like, you know a, a lot of people there, a lot of people think that like, you know Probably I have the biggest heart, but like Chase is like the one he he got a big heart, you know. Because for me, after that whole conversation went down, you know what I'm saying, I was like, man, you know what, yo, this dude, his mind, because I remember how I was. I was like, man, this mind's off there. I don't even want him even close to what we're about to do in West Virginia right now because he's not fully invested in what we got going on. So I knew, you know, that I should probably just remove him. Like just off rip, Chase. He, Chase hey, I keep on telling Dom Joe. I said, keep on. I see. Yo, I keep on yo, telling yo, Dom Joe every week. Every week I keep yeah, telling right, Dom yo. Joe. I said, hey man, hey, just bring him for a day or two during the during the during the job. <laughs> you don't gotta pay him. Just invite him down. <laughs> just invite yo, him down and show him, man. I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, bro. You know how I get down, bro. Hey, I don't know, cause I, I can't. Hey, can't. I might I might bring him in July. I might bring them in July. See, my, my biggest thing is, man, is everyone, I mean, I, I, I take that back, not everyone, but a lot of people I see are treating this quarantine like a vacation. I'm the opposite, man. I'm trying to work hard on this quarantine because I tell you, the first time we are allowed to go somewhere, I'm going to take a week vacation knowing that I'm set up and I'm chilling. That's what, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to grind when I can finally leave. I'm going to grind when I, I have to be at home anyway. No, Why think, not work? No, no but, but to be honest with you, I, just, I think you got to treat this whole entire thing like the stock market, man. Like right now, it's a buyer's market, and I think like right now, the only people that are going to survive in this thing is competitors. You know what I'm saying? Good That's point. why, like, what two, three weeks ago, I said, "Yo, when it comes down to you talking about scratching to survive, you talking about finding a way to win, man. We might be the best at this. This is what we do. I just, what I do this every summer. I do. Gee, you talking about finding a <laughs> way to win? Let's you get right. it. That's what it is. Find a way to win. Oh, that's the game yeah. we playing. 
That's the game we oh, play. Yeah. Don't quit. That's all we got to do? That's, that's all y'all need? Yeah, right. That's all y'all don't need? Quit. I'm hey, out here, man. Yeah, y'all must have never seen the six plates for 20 reps. Did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? We're, so, you know what I'm saying? We all done been did that, man. We all not started. We out here, man. Let's get it. What's up? Don't, no, no matter there, how man. you do it, how you get it, man, I'm a, I'm keeping my head above water. I don't care how I do it, man. I'm getting busy, boy. That's it. Hey, but look, how do we turn... I told people 2020 going to be my biggest year, and it's still going to be my biggest year, even with this quarantine, man. I might double what I've been doing. But how do we turn lights on? Okay, so it's fine and dandy. It's fine and dandy that, you know what I'm saying, we good and doing what we do, and we know we can thrive in this environment of uncertainty because we built in uncertainty. We raised in the dark. You know, <laughs> we raised right. in the dark. This is like, like Bane. You yeah, know, man. A lot of people adopted um, the dark, man. We're born in it, molded by it. Yeah. So, we, right. so we're used to it. We're used to it. Right. Exactly. Um, but I feel like it's almost our obligation and our job to help others that can't see, to give sight to the blind. Chase, I think Chase, Chase. <laughs> you know hey, look, look, look. This, I, think, right. I think your target point is too high, though, man. You got to go back to the youth, man. You got to go back to the youth. You know what I'm saying? These people that's our age, man, they too far gone. Man. Like, you can throw them a bone. They too far gone? You know Come on. Come on, bro. Cool. So you talk about the coronavirus. They you ain't got too far gone. The, Come you, on, you dog. They, the, it ain't lost cause. They know the Dom lost cause hey, Dom Joe the guy. I don't care. Dom Joe the guy that said, hey, with man, let's open up, let's open up the... Let's open Yo, up the uh, economy. Right. Let's open up the economy and let's just let the weak die. And then we're going to be good. You know what I'm saying? Let's <laughs> open up the economy. Good. Let's no, let the weak die. Why we quarantining? Why we staying six feet apart? If you can't survive this, then we can't use you in 2021. That's straight up. Can't, can't win with you in 2021. Y'all misconstruing what I'm saying, though. I got, I, got, I got a group of guns. You know what I'm saying? I got a group of guns, and I'm not looking outside of them guns. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all, you guys, y'all, y'all my guns. If I got to go get something, if I got to go to war, I'm going to war with my guns. Y'all, y'all my guns. Now, if I got to bring up some other guns behind me, I'm not gonna go look for you know the the you know my other teammate, you know that's my man. But you know I'm not we ain't gonna you know I'm not gonna bring him up. But I'm, if I got to get another round, you know of gun, I'm I'm going to the youth. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going a generation lower. You know what I'm saying? And educating them and bringing them up and showing them and showing them all my books. I'm not showing somebody that's my same age that the only reason that. He, the only reason why he's with me right now is because he ain't got shit. Nah, I'm showing all my young boys that got hope. You feel me? I'm bringing, hey, Chase, I'm bringing I, all I, I my young boys. I might be confused, but I thought you said what? let the youth go, John. They said they, they too far gone. Nah, nah, he, said, let, you know, he said let the current people go to KC. Yeah, oh, the he current. Said, oh, I got yeah. you. All right. All yeah, he right, said let the mind. current people go. I heard wrong. He said let the current yeah, people go. I feel go. you on that. Yeah, I do what you got to do, Dom. I feel you on that. But, you know, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think I got a fundamental issue with that. I got a fundamental issue with that, bro. Just because that's the same thing that we do with the coronavirus right now. We wouldn't be social distancing if it was just about the youth because the youth have 99% chance of surviving this. The old people about. 20, no, that's bullshit. That's rate. bullshit. Chase, that's bullshit. You know, you can't you can't bring that up. That's real general. You not that's way too. Come on, man. What you mean? You struggling? You struggling to get something out? What you saying? Trump been lying about it. All, all the all the one They all been lying about it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta understand like how much potential these young kids. Have. I'm talking about kids that don't have anything, man. You know, like. All right, so what does that got to do with the coronavirus, bro? Are you not are you not processing at this moment, bro? I'm talking about the coronavirus. <laughs> all right, the coronavirus. The governor has made a decision specifically to social distance to to save people's lives that may not survive this pandemic, right? Yeah, and, and business saying, wise, right? 
And I'm comparing it to your situation. And what you're saying is the fact of only the strong should survive. Yeah, let's just worry yeah, about the. So, let's just worry about. The, let's kill off the the the, uh, the weak and let's keep this strong. Okay, so me, so me personally, I'm already rocking with who I already know strong already. Everybody else, if y'all don't know you strong, I don't know you from a can of paint. Boom, you know what I'm saying. But however, when we talk about longevity and all that, I'm bringing up everybody. I'm, if I'm helping anybody, it's the younger generation that doesn't that that isn't. They isn't um what what should I say uh blessed enough to you know come up like I came up you feel me so like I'm gonna go bring up the kids I'm gonna bring up the kids in the projects pretty much like I don't want to sound too cliche but I'm gonna go to the projects bring them up and bring I'm gonna go to the projects bring them up and bring them in front of the Jewish people because that's what we can do right now man because we all on an even playing field we all so you disagree hold on here's Here's the thing. I think the difference, Chase, that why you can't really compare the two is because the coronavirus is it's not given a choice. You can't choose to get old. I mean, you can't really choose some some underlying health problems. You can't choose to have. Of course, you can't have some with bad habits and stuff. But, um, you know, if you choose to not work harder, if you choose to be weak in business, if you choose, you know, to not be adaptable, that's different. You can choose that. And I think that's what Dom's saying. Like, you know, weak in business is different than just being old and weak in a virus getting. So I don't think you can 100 yeah. percent compare it. But I see where you're going with it. Right. I was just wondering if Dom was if Dom was the governor of Philly, he would have been like, hey, listen, you know what I'm saying? It's your time. It's almost your time anyway. There's no reason for us to save these last three years of your life. There's no <laughs> reason for us to save these last three of your life. No, so this is my thing, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of right. If I was the governor of Philly. <laughs> I don't know I'm kind of right. <laughs> if I was the governor of Philly, I would, I would, I would, I would really put all my money into testing and make sure all the young kids, all, all the younger people can get to school. That's what's it, yo, because these rich, yo, these the rich motherfuckers, they gonna find the test anyway. Like, I know these people, you know what I'm saying? I know, yo, they, I know, I know a bunch of people that already got tests, you know what I'm saying? And they definitely don't, they definitely didn't need it. There's other people that definitely need tests. Oh, you know well, what I'm the saying? world's catered, if, come on, we care to the rich. Exactly. That's not, that's not so, the I, but that's I'm not saying, if I was governor, you know what I mean? I would definitely put all my money into finding tests. And once I found the efficient test, it would go straight down to elementary education so these young kids could efficiently be in school and learn stuff. And I'd probably give, you know what I mean, give, give, give a raise to all the teachers and all that, man. You know what I'm saying? But that's me, though. That's me. I'm different, man. I'm different. You know what I'm saying? I, you know me. You're not governor, ever. <laughs> Ever, you know what I'm, yeah. I'm not a politician. You know hey. what? You know what? You know what, man? You know what? I'm not a politician. I'm just a real nigga. I'm gonna keep it to be. I'm, I'm just a real nigga, bro. I'm, I'm a real Philly boy. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I want to see, you know, my my city win. That's it. And it starts right. with the youth. That's it all I can with say. The youth. All right. So so Don Joe has pleaded his case. Uh, and Max, you you agree with that situation, or do you think it's do you think it's to the point where? If it's, is it our job to turn on to help turn on people's lights that can't see opportunities or that's that's kind of stuck in the uh, um, mindset of you can't teach your old dog new tricks, man. If hey, a fool is twenty nine and he wants to play arena football for the rest of his life, that's what he's going to do. Hey, this is the thing though. This is the thing though. This is the thing though. Give up on anybody. All this of this is I'm not going to waste too much energy on you. I'm going to give you the chance. Like I'm going to help you. I'm going to lead you to the light. And I'm going to give you a shot. But if you keep going back to that darkness, at some point I'm like, all right, 
you know, say at some point you can't bring me down too. I don't got all that time in the world. But this is what Dom Joe sound like right now. This is what Dom Joe sound like right now. Because no, 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 stop, stop. This what you sound like. Nah, this what you sound like. You done jumped in a hundred times at this thing, bro. Ain't nobody got no words out because you jumping in. You jumping in, bro. This is what this thing is. No, 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 no. You sound like a guy. You sound like a guy that we just we just showed you the light four or five years ago. Now it's said, don't give him no light. That's not true though. That's not true though. That's not true. You gotta understand though. Like I when I when I started playing arena when I came back from Texas and I was playing when I was like, all right, you, you know, you know the situation. When I came back from Texas and I was like, all right, boom. And I played football in PA. I started the only reason I played arena football in PA was because I, I could have a full time job while doing it. There's people that don't think like that. There's people that there's there's people that are damn near 30 years old that think, you know what? If I have a good season this year, I'm going to get signed in the NFL. That's not true. You know what I'm saying? And what I'm saying with Max is I feel like Max is on my wavelength. Chase is way more forgiving with this stuff. Like Chase is more all oh, give him a chance, you know. Like Chase is way more for the guy like us giving him a chance, you know. Me for somebody like us like you know, 28-year-old guy, you know, might have, you know, went to the CFL, made 45 grand in a year. Then he goes to, uh, you know, arena football, made another seven grand in a year. Chase would give this dude chance after chance. Me, I'm going to just throw a little bone out there. If you don't want it, you don't want it. Chase is going to get his guy bone after bone after. Like, no, that's why Chase is a good guy. Me, I'm going to not... I'm going to throw them bones at the youth. I'm not going to waste them on another 28-year-old dude. And I feel like Max would do the same thing. But that's why I said Chase is a good little sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. So, yeah, I guess we, we just – that's a fundamental difference right hey, there. Because I refuse – I'll tell you right now, Chase wasn't a sweetheart when he uh, won't name names, but he don't mess around with the security contract. <laughs> Chase don't play with those things. <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. Hey, there's a, a couple things going on with the security contract, man. With my man Ray Keys, and I was like, hold on, man. Uh, hey, I kept on going on IG stories and seeing some nonsense on there, but uh, but this is, this is why I stand. This is why I stand on this thing right here. This is why I stand on this thing right here. So, at the end of the day, that if this is a if this is a war and we got soldiers right now. The youth ain't gonna be fighting for another five, ten years. So you just okay. said, let's go ahead and take it, let's go ahead and take this on the chin for the next five to ten. But then at eleven, are we gonna be ready? We're gonna be ready. That's how that's what that's yeah. what it sounds like to yeah, me. I mean, yeah, because we because you're talking about all right, no more, we're not talking about a real actual physical war. That's a whole different thing. You know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about mean, social I'm talking about a, a war against systematic yeah. systematic I mean, racism. Yo, but then it comes down to it comes down to socioeconomics, and then you got to think about the fact that like okay, all three of us, right? We can coexist in different. We're talented, and we are blessed because we can coexist in different environments. Like, you know, what I mean, like we're not just somebody like Max. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, you are not just the token black guy. You know what I'm saying? You can come here, you can hang out with whoever. You come to Philly, you're gonna be just like a normal dude. There's a lot of people that can't do that. We have gifts to the point that we can relate to any. That's a gift, bro. That's a gift. You feel me? So when it comes down, when you're talking about fighting that type of war, all right, then we can fight that type of war because we, we, uh, there's enough of us to survive in the belly of the beast and then let that trickle down. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's not just like a real all-out, like, brawn-on-brawn war. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a lot different. That's what I'm saying. Do y'all get that? Or no, I don't, I don't get that. You're going to have to re-explain that for everybody. So you saying, you saying that. Hey, man, can you get what I'm saying? I get, I get where Dobbs coming from. We come from a different, you know what I'm saying, the three of us, I think, not we didn't have similar, but we grew up kind of similar, similar backgrounds. You know what I'm saying? Similar family, yeah. similar values, blah blah blah. blah. Not get what Dobbs said. Not everyone can converse with both sides and transition so easily um, as we can, and, and that does make it hard when you try to navigate the world. But you got to be, you know, you got to use what you give it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just don't. I'm not one for excuses. I don't think you can use that cop out because you can, you can figure it out. You know, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It is hard, and there are roadblocks. So I understand what Dom's saying. Like he's gonna try to help the youth out that are underprivileged, and I think they do need a different, a bit of a leg up. But at some point, they have to want to do it themselves. Yo, this better not be Aunt Harris. Is that old Aunt Harris right there? <laughs> Man, my bad. Y'all should have told me it was a virtual reality workout. You know what? Pop in on time. On time. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> What up, man? Oh, what up, man? What's up, man? Who, who up in the conference right now? It's um, Max. Man, you already know, bro. Max. All these boys okay. on here, man. Okay. Uh, so shout out, man. We just got Aunt Harris, UVA legend, just jump on the podcast, man. And yeah, say what's up, man. UVA legend, little man. What's up, everybody? Wahoo, up, man? Yeah. Down here in VA, holding it down right now, just trying to make it like everybody else. For sure, for sure. So we was just talking about uh, you just jumped in, but uh, perfect time, and we gonna get into Ann's story here in a second. But we just, we talking about over here. We talking about is it okay to leave people behind, especially in the black community when they can't see opportunities outside of what they currently in. Dom yeah, Joe thinks it's okay to leave people behind. I'm almost against it. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I I do believe at some point there's got to be it's gonna be where you are gonna have to make a decision. You know, you can only try so much mm-hmm. and put in so much effort to, you know, uh, whether it's passing along information or try to pass the baton. The person has got to be ready to uh, receive that type of information, knowledge, or whatever you're trying to pass on. So I do think it's important to put the effort in to make that connection um, a number of times. But then I do also believe at some point, if it's not getting through or the person is it sad not to, you know, step up to that next level, then you do got to, you know, move forward or else I feel like it's right. stopping your individual progress. All right. So uh, Aunt, my, my question is though, like, so like how, how many, like how many warnings or like how, how, how many hints you have to give the ball to like make un- until you give up on them? Ah, uh, I think, I think, the the amount of effort and the number of times you you know you try to reach out to somebody it's probably going to be based off of each individual situation you know um in the relationship uh, with the person that you with no i think that i think it's really i think if it's something you really care about i think if it's somebody who you really care about then you know you know you obviously never give up on them but i do believe that you know people got to be at a certain stage everybody's not ready. Like it's a certain point where no matter how much you tell a person something or try to get them to do it, they not going to be willing and willing and ready to do it until they're individually ready to do it. So at some point you might, you know, you got to kind of not, I won't just say totally leave them behind, but you might circle back to it. I don't think you stay in that same place 
steady trying to gain ground or progress. I think it's something that you you work with, then you take a break, you circle back around, and you might continuously do that. So some people might view that as in moving on. So it might be a year down the road, and you don't know you're coming back in a year, but that just might be how it turned out. So it could be determined as moving on and leaving somebody behind, or it could be just seen as you giving them a break over a long period and you just don't know when you're circling back to it. That's interesting. That's an interesting thought process because now that he says that, I would say the that's fact real. is if I'm not losing money with you, I can keep on that's trying. It. That's what I was going to say. My barometer is when you start to affect my business. When I start losing that's my money, I let it go. Because of you, then I can't do it. But if it's just free, yeah. me trying to help you out, trying to put you on game, like I'm willing to help you out until the, until the, until the cows crow. But oh, if I, if I, kind of, yeah, but but like imagine there's imagine if there's a bunch of people that want if there's a bunch of people that want to come do what you're doing and you mm-hmm. gotta choose you gotta choose a needle out the haystack. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you like y'all understand man, when I when I do this when I do this helping hand stuff in Philly, bro, everybody wants to be on board because they know they're gonna get paid in freaking ten to thirteen days. Yeah. And you know let, what I'm let me pitch it to you. Let me put it to you like this, Chase. Uh, you know, you said you said it may not affecting your money, but how often do we hear, you know, time is money, you know? Because uh, at yeah. the end of the day, that's that's essentially what you're charging for, whether whatever service or product, it's the time and effort and whatever you're selling. So for, for you to be volunteering, you thinking it's for free, or maybe, you know what I'm saying, you just, you blessing the person and giving them free knowledge, but at the end of the day, that could be, time that you could be put into something else or someone else that'll actually make you money or either actually make the money more right more uh for the head. Yeah, no, I feel you about that. Even I don't even let but at the same time, I don't even let people go when I was training, when I was doing football training back at the crib. Even if they was paying me, I didn't even want your money if we weren't even on the same wavelength. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll lose the coins. I lose the coins yeah. over that. Like hey, like I said, like you said, I did bring up a point where ultimately if a sharp sword is 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 trying to sharpen a dull sword, you more you taking more of a chance of dulling your own sword. You know what mm, I'm saying? Yeah, now, is that what yeah. you want to do? Is that not what you want to do? We talking yeah. UVA sense. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So let's go ahead and get into this Ant Man. You know, Ant was Ant. Uh, you know, we was excited about Ant being on the podcast. What was you at, man? You asleep, bro? Man, nah, man. You know, I gotta keep my mind sharp. You talking about sharpening? I was on my Madden skills. I'm in the little bad league. I was on there. YouTubing, you know what I'm saying, oh, okay. doing my thing for a little bit. But yeah. um, now I was playing a game. Oh, was bad. Guys was kind of complaining about not being on there. And I'm like, yo, this is my part-time thing. I got to get my on-field reality stuff, make sure that's in check before I get on the game. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that's what's up, man. Um, So, so as everybody, y'all guys know Ant, man. Ant, UVA, Safety, uh, All-America, All-ACC. Um, I'm not sure. Did you did you finish how many interceptions you finished on the top of the list? Where you finished at, man? On the on the on the UVA interceptions list? Uh man, I don't know. I don't know why I dropped that on that list. You know, once I kind of closed off that college chapter, you know, it was on to the NFL trying to you know climb a list on that level. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need to check back in there just in case somebody else asks. For sure, but yeah, he on there. Everybody UVA, y'all know him. Um, and Minnesota Vikings free safety. Um, looking to be the highest paid safety in the league. I see him. And uh yeah. we we uh we're gonna hear we're gonna hear his story today. So we're gonna jump into this thing real quick. So Ant Man, just right off the bat, man, how you end up at UVA from 
Richmond, Virginia? Was it a vicinity thing? Was it a school thing? Like, what 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 brought you to UVA, man? LC Bird. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, coming out, you know, I had a number of colleges, and I was just trying to decide, like, you know, where I want to go, what's the best fit, and uh, I ended up getting hurt and um, going into my senior year. It was the end of my junior season, so I had Coach London come in. He he sat down. He talked to me, and uh, right away he asked how was the recovery, you know, would I heal up, and told me that, you know, I still had my scholarship, and then as far as anything happened in my senior season, uh, they were still honor my scholarship. So, I mean, I really took to that, seeing a couple colleges come in, kind of waver a little bit, seeing that I was hurt. But, you know, getting to know the coaching staff and then a bunch of guys from the from the Virginia area at the time who, you know, kind of made a little pact to go to UVA and try to, change the culture and the program there, it was a no-brainer, you know, thinking about football and then education in case, you know, injuries or something pop up where I couldn't play. I wanted to make sure I was at a campus and a university that I would be happy with outside of that. So being close to home, an hour away, um, going, trying to create something special and rebuild something special was very unique. And then um, just the bond with the people that I met, whether it was on visits, as recruits or whether it was upperclassmen who was already attending the school, it was like, yo, that's the place I want to go. Straight up. Um, so when you got to UVA, man, you know, you one of the people that went to UVA and, you know, right out the gate, you know, you wanted to work with the, with the, with the seniors and, and the weight room. That's what, that's one of the things I definitely remember about you as a freshman. I, I remember Aunt jumping in our group. I'm like, hey, man, you don't want the smoke in this group right here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we'll, just, we'll go down there at the end with the other rooks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, no, nah, Aunt wanted to smoke over there with me and Rod and Dom Joe and them. Um, and, then, and, that, and at that time, we was working at a high pace. We had, a, we had yeah. an idea that we was trying to finish the workout as quickly as possible, but not at the point of like skipping reps, but at the point of just trying to make it as hard as possible for us instead of taking as much rest. Um, so yeah, and always, man. I gotta, I gotta, go ahead. I gotta, I gotta fucking, I gotta. Funny hey man, hey, man, hold on, bro. Time out, bro. Time out, bro. Hey man, hey man. We're about to monitor how much drinking you doing before the podcast, bro. You know what I'm saying, bro? Hey, once you, once you get about three drinks and you get on this podcast, man, it'd be a whole different dude on the podcast. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I had, I had some visitors. I had some visitors. You know what I'm saying? I kicked him out before eight o'clock, though. You feel me? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? But uh, Aunt, yo, I remember. I'll, I'll never forget Aunt, man, because this boy took my seat in the film room when he was a recruit, man. <laughs> <laughs> yo, it had to take. Yo, it had to take. I think it was like Ride and Chase. I think it had to take Ride and Chase for him to move out my seat. I'm like, dog. Yeah, like, it was. A, that was a big deal, was, man. Yeah, and then Roy was like, yo, oh. Yo, Rosie, yo, um, who disrespected you, man? <laughs> <laughs> that little skinny ass nigga, yo. I'm like, yo, that little skinny ass nigga right there on the sideline. Yo. <laughs> well, yeah, that little man. skinny ass nigga with the cornrows, yo. He had cornrows back in the day, y'all. So y'all know him now. He had the dreads and all that. But when he was in recruiting yeah, high school, he had the cornrows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Took your seat down. Man, I came in there and sat down. I came in there, sat down in the seat. He like, yo, y'all come in here, y'all grab a seat. I sat in the seat. I'm in there, you know, big eye, rookie, recruit, you know. And I'm like, like, yo, you in my seat. And I'm like, oh man, is this one of those? Like, is he joking? Is he just trying to bully me for the seat? Do they got a sign? I don't know what's going on, you know. But um, you know, yeah, yeah. 
She like he you know, like you know the crazy thing, yo. You know, you know the whole crazy thing about that whole situation, though. I actually got in trouble for that. <laughs> I got in trouble by freaking freaking. And Coach Jim, he's like, "You're not starting trouble, are you?" I'm like, "What? <laughs> this is young boy. Just, this young boy just sat in my seat." Hey, Dom Jordan had it. Dom Jordan had that respect. They already, you know, what I'm saying? they already, they already uh, right on yeah, Dom Jordan's neck with that jump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Coach Jim Reed asked me if I was starting trouble. Coach, yeah, Coach yeah. Reed said, you're not starting trouble, are you? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Being one of those wise guys, eh? Hey, man. <laughs> yeah, buddy, man. Oh. So, yeah, though. So, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, yo, is this shit? I'm like, yo, y'all got assigned seats? My man Rod said, yeah, we got assigned seats. I was like, okay, you know, assigned seats, no disrespect, but I want to make sure they won't put in no fast games on me. I'm a young boy, but, you know, I'm just over there. I'm going to keep it real on that situation. Though. I'm going to keep it real on that situation, bro. And me and Chase talk about this all the time. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to damn self. But if we ever had to go to war, we go to war with 804 over 757, man. I'm going to keep it a big. Yeah. Yo, two balls from 757, I would take. I'll probably I'll take Rasa, six. <laughs> Hey. You know what I'm saying? It's probably about yeah, it. I don't know. You know what I mean? Where did that even come from, bro? Where did it even come from, bro? But we gonna right? keep it going. Dr. Yeah. Yeah. already called out who he riding with, what army he riding with, 804757. Right. So all the same thing. Tim Smith, Tim Smith, Terry Jones. Y'all holla at Dom Joe. Y'all holla at Dom Joe. Oh, yeah, y'all forgot your Roy. Rossoff Fitz, Roy, P. Jones, and Tim Smith, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you got to put battle blood in there. But, you know, you know what I mean? Easy work. All right, let's go. People, I got some people that need to holler at them. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we going to keep this thing moving. All right, so <laughs> what Ed did, like I was talking about, Ed was, he always stood out a little different. Something was different um, as far as, you know, wasn't scared of no smoke, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, as I watched him once we got done, once I got done with the uh, – but playing at UVA and was playing with the skins, I, you know, and it seemed like he was embracing the UVA community. You know what I'm saying? That's something that I really respected from, 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 and, and from uh, what you was doing, because we never did that. I think that Max might've been close to doing that, but you really <laughs> kind of got into the space of taking advantage of the UVA community and the UVA network. Now, what, what, what brought that to you and, and uh, what, what made you do that? And, you know, how has it helped you or, or you know, what was the experience like of doing that? Man, my, I had no clue what I was doing when I got up there. You know, um, for me, I just knew that I was coming in. You know, I wanted to play football at a high level, wanted to get a great education. And I really just wanted to enjoy the overall experience of college. You know, everybody says it's the best four years of your life. So for me, it was just about, you know, trying to enjoy every moment of it. And so I did that with the work I was pushing myself. But as far as getting involved, I was just like, hey, like, let me just try to step out, you know, my comfort zone a little bit once or twice here and there. I would give it a shot and it would be something very different. But at the same time, it would be entertaining just because it was new. So I just tried to continue to explore, um, hang out with some cool guys. Originally started with guys on the team just going to different events and, and different gatherings that they had and then just continue to branch out. Just my personality is just, you know, giving people a chance, 
you know, getting to know them and then just, you know, going from there, whether it's not trying to judge where you're from, color your skin, um, what your home background looks like, but just really just getting to know the individual. So I just did that and just try to enjoy it as much as possible. Definitely, man. Uh, you know, that's one thing that I always say I wish I would have did better was embraced um, networking at UVA while at UVA instead of just being so focused on football and making it to the NFL and doing things with the UVA football team, things of that nature. Because when you are, you know, one of the more well-known players on the team, you have a good opportunity to really get around new crowds, new people, new opportunities. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think you really took advantage of that. So, man, kudos to that for sure. So what did you study at UVA? Sociology. So, you know, sociology, just the interaction with people um, in society. And I, I think that was part of it, too. Some of the courses I took um, really just kind of like opened up different dialogue and kind of gave me new ways of thinking and and just understanding what's going on around me. So often it, it would be times of people really just reaching out and wanting to hang out with me. And, you know, I'm just like, you know what? These individuals want to get to know me for whatever reason, um, whether it's, you know, I had a good game on Saturday or or maybe they just see me around campus or mutual friends or whatever, but let me give them a, let me try to, you know, take advantage of where I am to get to know these people as well while they want to get to know me. Straight up, straight up. So man, let's talk football a little bit. So, so UVA football, you came in there to uh, change the program around, which I want to know what, Don, what you think about that, bro? How you feel about the coaches pushing the idea that you was, that you was killing the program. They had to bring some new boys, <laughs> new boys in to get the program right. <laughs> No, no, I don't think. I, I think. I think. I think you being a little more theatrical than what was really going on. But um, I think. I think. I think. Um, what I would say is the new regime. Shout out Coach London. That's my guy. Um, you know what I'm saying. You know. But I, I would say the new regime didn't put enough emphasis on the 804, and they put way too much emphasis on the uh, 757. You know what I'm saying? I'm, 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 I'm going to keep it a being, cuz. Yo, bro. I, yo, I don't care. Yo, I don't care what y'all say. It's not debatable, bro. I'm going today, to war, man. bro. Yo, no, no, stop. Yo, yo, stop. Yo, bro, stop. Everybody stop. If, I, if I'm going to war, bro, I'm going to 804 first. If I'm in Virginia and I'm going to war, I'm taking all my guys from the 804 and we and we banging out. That's it. That's it. Let's go. All right, man. So, so he dodged the question. But let's go ahead and get back into this, man. So, so and, um... You come in here, man. We go to the Chick Fil A Bowl your freshman year, and then tell us about your experience then after that, and what was your goals um, as a leader of that team, and how do y'all think y'all could have been better in that space? Oh yeah, um, I definitely, I definitely say you know coming in and seeing as, as a as a as a freshman, you know, doing that Chick Fil A Bowl, putting in all the work prior to that, you know, with that senior class it definitely set a nice template, you know, um, to really go afterwards. So coming into that following year, I think as a team, and I don't know, me personally, I felt good. You know, I felt like we brought in a lot of talent um, and where we can continue to build off of what the success of, of that, you know, that Chick-fil-A bowl year. But I just felt like it was a lot, it was a bit of growth pains, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of sophomores started, who essentially were first-time starters, new playing roles. So I think defensively we had a ton of talent. Um, but we were just young. I mean, we lost some close games. 
Mm-hmm. I remember I remember being in a lot of games and it was just one or two plays at the very end where we, you know, we didn't execute um whether that was the players, whether that was the coaches, I'll never know, you know, we never know. Um but I do think we had a shot that year to be pretty good. Uh, finishing off that sophomore year, I was excited, you know, about going into okay, all right, everybody's got their feet wet. Next year will be a be better. Those close games that we lost, we'll be able to win those. But then I've seen the coaching change, where we fired a lot of the defensive staff. So, I mean, I think there was just a ton of change going around at that time. I felt like from the freshman year, Chick Fil A bowl year, there was a lot of stability and a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, on the field. I feel like as a sophomore, there was inexperience, but a lot of talent. So um, whether we just needed to, you know, gel a little bit differently as far as what we did as a team or not, I'm not sure. But I do think the transition from changing of the defensive coordinator, I think we probably changed three other coaches, linebackers, safeties, even the coordinators, we changed it out. And then also we switched offensive coordinators. That's what I think people really – I think I had like three had like three different offensive coordinators in my last three years. Yeah, that's what, that's like what Henry that. said. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, no, no. No, I think I think and you kind of get into like a little side story right now, to be honest with you, bro. Huh? No, no, you asked me – you asked me what – you asked me why do I think we win. I, I think – I think – we had more talent then than the teams that they have now over the past two years. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is they have now. I think they have over the past couple of years, they've had two really good quarterbacks come through. They had the Perkins kid who's really good QB. And then they had uh Ben Kurt who had transferred there, who was also a really good quarterback. I don't think they had quarterback controversy over the past since so, I left. So I think uh, a, whether whether you look at that from a player standpoint or a coach's standpoint, I think that stability always is going to lead to more success. So if you have, right, so this is my thing though. This is my thing. Me being, for so my thing is when it comes to college football and coaches, if you're not a coordinator or a head coach, you're always there. There there is no stability, man. Everybody's going to be renewing every year. You know what I'm saying? I think the bottom line is. The fact that these coaches, like this year for UVA and the the year before, they can get these players to buy in way better than they could back in like 2013 or like 2014. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not pointing that on anybody, but I, I really think it really comes back down to the head of the snake, to the coaches. Boom. You know what I mean? Like no matter who's, you gotta understand too. Freaking Bronco, he's gonna upgrade people just like Coach Grove upgraded people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Gonna... But at, at the same time, I think I, you, like you said, you, it can go to the head of the snake. But if we start talking about stability, it has to come as the coach. When had UVA just over the past couple of years, when Bronco got there, started accepting transfers. Yeah. So yeah, I never seen it. I never seen they, oh, they never used to accept yeah. transfers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so, right. Ooh, yeah, you're right. I mean. Yeah. If you really start to if you really start to look at it, if you really start to look at it, if we if we went eight and something, went to the Chick Fil A year, Chick Fil A Bowl, and we came off and we were about five hundred and lost some close games, don't you think you would go into another season with that same staff? 
Thanks. From from yeah. from my perspective, the year and before the Chick Fil A Bowl, y'all had y'all had a closer, mm-hmm. y'all had a, a pretty a close season where y'all battled versus USC. Y'all ran the fake punt because I was a recruit and I paid attention to that. And then y'all continued the progress. The next year they yeah. went eight and something, and we lost to like Southern Miss in a couple other games that we actually could have won. So we could have had a better record than that. Yeah, we, than we actually so finished with. Yeah. What I so was then, to Ed's so then, point is, you know, that last year, our last year was the first time in since my freshman year that we had the same offensive coordinator and ran the same playbook. And it's a big difference when you come into draft practice for you come to training camp and you're relearning and introducing new plays. Big difference in learning a whole new playbook. Yeah, nice and I hear about yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's a, I think it's a combination. It's easy to get people buy to buy in when you're winning, and the easiest way to win is by having stability. So, if you create stability, you can win, and when you win, you can get players to buy in. So, I think when you go eight in something, and you go to Chick Fil A Bowl, you can get people to buy in. I think when you have a a fifty fifty year, like I would say that sophomore year, how we had where we lost a lot of close games because we couldn't put up points because we didn't have stability on the offense in which, uh, what was his name? Bill Lazor. I think he left and went to somewhere after the Chick-fil-A bowl. I think he went to the Eagles. I think he went to the Eagles. Yeah, he left. left Bill Lazor was the man. Yeah, Lazor, he left after the Chick-fil-A bowl. We got uh, Fairchild, I think it was. We got Fairchild or something like that from a small school and we changed our whole identity and that same year we wanted to go spread when we had uh when Dave was there but we went back and forth on QB controversy and they wanted to run the ball when we didn't have an offensive line so I think if we probably would have adapted to the players that we had I think we probably would have had a better chance makes sense makes sense um, so so I think when you make changes I think when you make I just think when you make changes, when you make changes like that and you lose a lot of games that year because of the lack of producing points and then you and then the defensive staff gets fired and not the offensive staff, I think you can lose control of the players buying in at that point. That's what I think, in my opinion. Makes sense. It's happened before. Won't be the first time. You know what I'm saying? Won't be the first time. So, um, all right, you, you, you have a good UVA career, All-American – you know, all ACC, all that good stuff. Um, then you get the opportunity to go into the draft, man. How was your draft experience? I know you was, you, you ended up going undrafted. How'd that affect you? Uh, what was you expecting? And, you know, how has it motivated you to this point? Oh, it's, it's, I remember that. It sucked. It sucked. Um, you know, going. Did you watch, did you watch every pick of the draft? Cause I tell everybody, I watched every pick of the draft for the first round to the sixth. Yeah, yeah, I watched, I watched, I watched, I watched, I think probably over 90% of the draft. Yeah. I, th- okay. I think I probably watched every, I, yeah, I watched every pick of the draft. I'm tripping. <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, you know, the last two years, you know, I came on junior year, met the nation in interceptions, um, did some good stuff. Senior year had pretty good season, but knew I needed surgery. So I didn't really go through the full draft process as far as the combine because I was hurt. So I kind of thought that might hurt my spot, but I just felt like, you know, uh, my performance on the field and uh, my ability that I, I would at least get my name called. You know, there was talks about, you know, potential um, latest to third round. So I watched, you know, not knowing, just kind of watched. A couple of days go by, um, later rounds hit, 
And then at that point, I'm just thinking like, dang, like I know I went to the combine not in playing shape because I had two surgeries, but I'm just thinking about the future. Like, hey, as soon as I get cleared, I'm back in the gym. I know what my grind's like. I'm going to be back and ready to go by the time camp hits and, uh, and everything. So that was really my mindset. So after I didn't get drafted, it was just kind of like, you know, I just need a shot. Like, I know I got the talent, and I know I'll be able to show and prove my worth on the field. I just need somebody to give me a call. Um, but before the draft was over with, I had a number of teams already calling, saying, hey, we're out of picks. Um, oh, we have a few picks left, but we're going to go in this direction, but we want to sign you if you don't get drafted. So I, at that point, it was like, all right, if I don't get my name called, I know I'll still have a shot. Um, so that's when, you know, I decided to go with the Vikings after, you know, talking to a couple of teams. And from there, it was just, man, I can't wait to get back on the field. Let me get back in the lab, um, get back in the gym, get my body right. And I'm excited. It was just like, let's go. It's like I'm walking back on my UVA campus again. I just got to get to work, get to grinding, and I can just climb the ladder once that once I get there. Yeah, no animosity towards nobody, anything. Yeah. The, the game. Yeah. None of that? Oh, you did. You said it again? I said you didn't have no animosity towards anything or anybody? Like, when I was uh-huh. When I was coming I mean, up, no, man. No, no, not, not really. I mean, you know, part of it was just, you know, I never I never look at any of the people that got called before me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't want to be that guy like, oh, I'm better than him. Look at this stats. Look at that stats. I didn't want that to be me, you know. At the end yeah. of the day, I'm just like, when you get your name called, we all, we all work and we all grind to put ourselves in this position. And I didn't want to be that, that bitter guy and envy somebody else, you know, for their for their achievements, even though because I wanted it, so I mean yeah. it was tough. It was tough knowing that, like man, like I know I can ball. Like not even thinking about anybody else, I know what my individual talent and abilities is, and it's just a shame that these teams don't know me well enough to to recognize it. You know, and I just feel like if if maybe if I was at a, a another another program where you know we won more games. Or, you know, they hear UVA and sometimes they think it's just a academic school and I be feeling so disrespected. I'm like, yo, they got ballers there too. It's just like, just take a look, you know? Just just take a look with an unobjective eye is more so what I was really thinking about. Yeah. So for that, it was just like, it was like, hey, man, just give me a shot and I'm going to go ball. You know, it's no, I know it's a business. Um, you got to try to make a decision that's best for your team. But it's like, hey, if you would have really did a little bit more research on it, then you would have made, you could have made a better decision for your team. So that was really my mindset. And from there, it was just, I know everybody's going to be sleep. And um, I just want them, you know, when they cut on the film or when they see me play, I want them to really just wonder, like, yo, who is that dude? See, I got a lot of respect yeah. for that because, you know, yeah. I came into the league. I came into the league and I was – and I was – hey. Everybody in front of me was going to get everything, get all smoke, get all fire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was all hands on deck. I ain't smiling nobody. I ain't talking to nobody. You know what I'm saying? I was literally out there. You know what I'm saying? I try to fight uh, Deshaun Jackson. I try to fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody, everybody about to get all this. And it's because of you. It's because of you up there. I don't even know who I'm talking to. But uh, at the end of the day, brother, that's literally how I walked around the facility. I think that's probably one of the, one of the reasons why 
even though I was still balling, I just think it was just like the team just, I didn't, you know, I wasn't hanging out with nobody, none of that yeah. stuff. It was, it was just such yeah, a big nah, chip that think, uh, it was probably killing a lot of the, a lot of the um, team camaraderies and things of that nature. And then, you know, we probably had the same experience where, you know, my agent, he told me first or second round, like a day before the draft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. First and second round the day yeah. before the jam. So I was watching even the top 10 thinking it might, you know what I'm saying? Thinking yeah. it might, <laughs> I think, think I might be live. Yeah. yeah. Thinking it might yeah. come up. So I think Ant raising a good point though, man, because there's, like, you got to understand too. So there is no, like, your path to the NFL to life, period. You know what I'm saying? It's not. You, it's not symmetrical to anybody else's, man. Your path is yeah. your own path. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, what Ann is saying is, no, I ain't get mad. I ain't get mad, you know. That might have worked out like that for somebody else, but no. I just made I made my own path, and I know I, I'm confident in what I can do, and I'm going to do what I know I can do. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? And really I think for me, and, 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 and to be honest with you, though, but that's a, that's a deep thing, though, because, like, Ann, you got to understand, for me, like, I come out, I was undrafted, I got hurt, you know what I'm saying? Then I did my private workout with the Panthers, boom, you know, didn't get picked up. Did my little did my little thing with the um at the Jets facility. Got you know, whatever. And then um and then on top of that, I got I got signed to CFL, got cut. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff. I'm like, yo, these dudes ain't better than me, man. Yo, these dudes ain't, but yo, they didn't do what I did. They didn't go like these dudes. Like what? You know what I'm saying? So like, what you gotta understand is, man. The bottom line is, yo, your light, yo. All you can do is what you can do in your. Bro, own what are you lane. saying right now? What are you saying, bro? <laughs> you lost, bro. My man, Dom Joe, saying you gotta control what you can control. That's all right. That's what Thank you. To say. It was just the. That got him. He That's just, it, man. He ran in out of Twitter lane, man. He ran out of Twitter cameras, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He ran out of Twitter cameras. In your own lane. You know That's it, man. That's so, yeah, because, like, yo, I've been there before. Yeah, yo, that's what we're talking about. A lot of, before, we've all been man. there before. And that's what I'm saying is that Ant has showed that throughout his entire UVA career, just looking at him from the outside looking in, is that and you look at the situation of him getting to know more people outside of the football team. It's not yeah, about others. I think it's, it's not I think about it's others. For Ant, though. This is my thing, though. I think it's deeper for Ant, though. I think it's deeper for Ant because he led the nation in interception in college. You know what I'm saying? He had more accolades. But, but it's like, not yo, about that. It's, it's not about that. It's about his... It's not about that, bro. Yo, it's like, yo, how, how I'm this low? How, it's like, yo, how I'm this low? But I, did, I done did this, bro. I done dedicated my life this last four years for this. And, yo, and I'm, I'm still this low? And that's like that's how yeah. you're gonna do me. But you're but you're not you listening, Dom. Dom, you're not listening. You're not listening. It's the fact that he showed it before that. It wasn't that he showed it after that. It was before that when it it doesn't surprise me after that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair I mean, enough. I get what I I get what Dom definitely. You know, he definitely got a point. It was, it definitely was part of it, knowing that like, I remember like looking at the schedule when we played. And I was like, yo, did we playing on some like it's like I'm playing in the house playing NCAA and I create my schedule and make it an A plus. Cause we were playing <laughs> Oregon, Clemson, all these cats. You know, we was we were scheduling yeah. crazy out of conference games and I'm going off. Like junior year, I'm snapping. I ain't care. Like I was feeling like the man. I'm like, man, I was feeling like I could I could be something special if I just don't think about it too much. Just work at it. Go have fun and play. 
that was like my mindset since I stepped on the campus. So junior year, it was when that happened. It was like it was like it, it was really like nothing. Like you know, I was enjoying it, but it was like I had prepared to do that, so it wasn't it wasn't like it was a shock. Like not on some cocky, but just like hey, when you put the work in and when you do it with the repetition, that's where the success gonna come from. So when I when I had that breakout year, and I came back as a senior. And Why I did played. you choose to come back? Why did you choose to come back for as a senior? Did you have the opportunity I'm, to leave? I'm sure you did. Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, coming back. I mean, from just from my experience, I have been. I got hurt in college. Like I'm in high school when things had got hot, and I remember I was having a fire junior season, and all these big schools came in that was supposed to be powerhouse. And when I was thinking I would have my pick from the top colleges and go where I wanted to go, it was taken away by essentially just an injury. Like I fractured my leg and now it was a question mark beside me, whether, you know, whether I was good enough. So mm-hmm. for me, that was just kind of my, my story that I carried with me. So even though I had a good junior season, I was just like, you know, people always want to knock me. Let me come back. Make sure I get my degree because if something falls short with the NFL, whether it's injury or the career doesn't go as long as I expect, let me just get the degree while I'm here, and then I can just come back and prove my improve my game more because I knew people were just like, oh, they just got seven interceptions or eight or however many I had. They're just gonna say, oh, this is a guy who can just intercept the ball, but can he tackle? Can he do this? Can he do that? All stuff which I knew I could do, but I just felt like for me, interception was just really grabbing their attention, and I needed to come back and showcase more. And I actually wanted to go out, you know, trying to, you know, go out on a better season. So, I mean, that was really all the reasons why I came back. But I ended up playing hurt uh, with the labrum. That's why I needed to get after the season. So that did affect my, that did affect my performance, and I did play a little bit more out of position. Uh, because we brought in Quinn, who was an All-American safety at the time, a yeah. freshman. So, I mean, I kind of moved around. I do feel like that affected my numbers, but I don't feel like that it really affected my ability and play outside of, you know, the visible sling that I had on my arm. So, for right. me, it was just like, hey, I've played against and competed and made plays against all of these guys who were getting their name called, you know, like I, I had a photo of Duncan on, like Duncan on Sammy Watkins getting an interception. So it's just like, these are first round caliber guys. And I view myself with a realistic eye as a top three safety in that class at the time. So for me, it was, it was a little bit of a slap in the face. If we were just talking about pure ability and, you know, numbers, but from a standpoint of I was hurt, I wasn't able to compete at the combine, so they didn't see me compete. You know, they want to see you run, jump, and do all these things. And then when they go to weigh you in, you're weighing 187 because you've been on the couch with the sling on your arm and taking medication and and barely eating because you're stressing over the process. So I felt like what they saw at the combine was a guy who was really at at just just a low point. Like, he hadn't worked out, and he hadn't worked out in a while, wasn't eating right, and here you are comparing him to guys who've been 
in Florida, California, Arizona who've been on training regimens and eating four or five meals a day to get their bodies in the best shape ever. So that was more so what I knew I was getting compared to, not so much as what am I going to look like physically during training camp? What would I physically be able to do then? And will I be back to where I was? So once I had that mindset, it was like, it was, it was really nothing to do, but just to prove everybody wrong on what they had really, really thought. It was like, nobody knew I was going to come in and do anything. They're just like, Oh, this guy's hurt. He had, seven picks like a year ago cool straight up, straight up nah nah i understand man no so we're gonna get into this real quick with the league so you you know you spent time sitting behind um second string sitting behind some veteran safeties and you finally got your opportunity and you balled out uh, talk about that process um that you're currently in i guess oh man uh man that was uh i mean it was a great experience um i think you know part of it was cool. Um, you know, I always had to be thankful for the opportunity. And part of it was, you know, the locker room that I was in, you know, I was behind some veterans, some good guys. Um, so as a rookie, it was just about trying to make the roster really. Um, mm-hmm. but after my first year, I was like, okay, now this is, this is the point where I can really like make a push. I'm trying to go compete to be a starter. And after watching the team for a year, it's like you know what the team, what the team's looking for, and, and you know what they're what they're trying to do as far as the safety spot. I mean, I knew they had Harrison Smith, who was a lead player, still is. Um, but I knew the other safety position was one where they wanted somebody who can cover, and I just truly believed that I was that guy. I'm like, hey. You need somebody who can cover. You need somebody who can smart. This is defense. This is a high-pressure defense. So you need somebody who's smart, and you need somebody who can cover, and you need somebody who can tackle. So I knew I checked the boxes for all three of those things. And for me, it was just about, okay, now give me the chance to prove it. So I sat for, I believe, like two years, and I'm just thinking in my head, you know, I wish they would be playing me at strong safety, the position that they're trying to find somebody. You know, a lot of stuff they talk about, oh, they might draft a safety this year to need somebody who can cover. And I'm like, hello, I'm waving my arms in practice. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, nobody, like, I'm competing. I'm breaking passes up, you know, and one-on-ones. I'm winning. But it was just like I needed to do something that was enough. It was almost as if, like, oh, he's doing it well in practice, but we don't think it translates to the game. Somehow, right, right. some way. Yeah. So I battled, I battled with that for I think like two years. The third year is where like, um, you know, I had built up the point where they knew I knew I knew the system, so they could trust me to go in. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like they were actually trying to pit me in and see if I would be an upgrade. Right. So I just I really just tried to play the team player, you know, um, but just try to find a way to make that splash to make it click. And as injuries came, I got plugged in, and I made plays. Um, I made plays. Like I got pulled Plays up. cures all. Plays cure all. Yeah. Plays, plays cure it all, you know. Plays cure it all. You got to make plays. But at the end of the day, you can't make plays when you don't have opportunities. So exactly. for me, I just felt like I needed the opportunity, and I was going to make a play. Um, and that's really what it came to. It just honestly just took time, patience, a lot of refocus, and just – 
commitment and really just being patient and just being ready, knowing that I could go in the game at any moment and that's the moment that I'm going to get judged on. But I wouldn't get that moment unless somebody got hurt is what I was really feeling. Um, But when it happened, I was just like, boom, make a play. Like, yo, y'all clapping. I'm excited too because I'm actually doing what I love, but I know I could have been doing it. So at that point it was just like, all right, I've got three starts because of injuries. The following year comes up and we're in OTAs. Throw me in that spot to see if I can be a full-time guy. But it didn't happen. Um, I just played behind Harrison um, for the next year. And then when one of them got hurt, I went in. And it was just like, make plays. When they're healthy, then you just go back to your regular role. So, I mean, it wasn't until not this past season, but the season before where it took, you know, Sandejo, who was the full-time starter, unfortunately, he actually got hurt for the season. Mm-hmm. And then instead of me stepping into a full-time role, I split time, which was, to me, it was kind of a – it kind of rubbed me a little bit of the wrong way just um, because I felt like I had been there. I had been doing everything right. I had been making plays. And it was just like, give me a chance to see if I can do it full time because each year prior to this, for the two years, I've started three games and I've done well, tackled well, haven't given up big plays, haven't had MEs really. So it was just like, let's go. But instead, I just had to stay cool, continue to be a good team player. And it ultimately took someone else's mistake on the ME during a big game for me to go full time where it was just like, Hey, we can trust them. So yeah. then I just started playing. I think just based off, they trust me being in the right spot and being in the game, getting those opportunities, the ball just somehow managed to find me, you know, um, hey. it's always been something I've kind of had. Say, I always say playmakers make plays, man. And you know, it's, make plays, it, it wasn't, so. it's, it's not like something that you can really like talk. Like it's, it, People be like, "Hey, you make that play, man." I don't know. It just like, yeah, it's, just it just you just it just comes to you. I don't know how it, just it is. Comes. It's just like some it's people just the like, ball just magnets. Like mm. sometimes it's like it just instinct. I just see it, and I just with ability just fall in the right spot and make something happen. So that's where it really did it. Uh, the year before, not this past year, but eighteen season. We were playing Arizona. I went in. I was we were trading off series, and I went in. They had got an interception, and I'm on the sideline like, yo, they got an interception, ran down, took a picture and I, at the home, and it's a home game. I'm like, yo, we need to get a pick. We need to take it to the crib, and we need to take a picture, not because they did it, but to really show off that this is our home field. Yeah. And anything that they do, we can do better, and we can do more than what they do is really what the message was. So I went in and fell into the right spot, man, bunch double. It was a bunch route. It came with a little double in, picked off, jumped in front of Larry Fitzgerald, got the pick, and then that was it. At that point, everybody was like, yo, this dude just make plays. Like, we needed a big turnover. He got the turnover. And I think the year before that, we were playing the Rams. They got to the one-yard line, and they caught a pass, and I stripped the guy before he went in and recovered it on the one. So it was just like – from there, it was just like I made those two plays that was really like big moments in the game. Yeah. And fans was just like, yo, who's that? who is this dude? Like a couple people were like, yeah. yo, he spot started a couple years. 
But whenever he's in there, he does a good job. He doesn't give up a lot of plays. And that was you know, you know, but yo, do you understand where you are though? Do you understand what you are to like, you know, to like the average? I don't know to like a. You are what you're talking about. What you're describing yourself as right now, and this is what I try to tell my kids all the time: just be a good tryhard guy. Like no matter what, <laughs> yo, that's it. That's all you gotta be. You know what I mean? Like okay, so in college, we'll call the tryhard guys a walk on, but when it really gets down to it. You know what I'm saying? When, when the bread's on the line and when, you know, you're talking about life or death, just be a good try-hard guy. Try harder than everybody else. Go harder yeah. than everybody else and be a good try-hard guy. And that if that's what you're saying right now. Oh, that's yeah. How you, that, you know what I'm saying? That's awesome, man. That's beautiful, man. But yeah. the, another, another thing that you shows up again in Ann's story is the fact of him being well-advanced amongst his years as far as just being mentally calm, cool, and collected not allowing outside situations and outside factors to affect his inside being. His inside being. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen it over and over within his story. And I noticed it at the beginning when he was doing things different than what other football players was doing at UVA, which wasn't normal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. so much respect to that, man. And it's, and it's followed you throughout your career and it's allowed you to get to where you're at. So I hope yep. that – I just want everybody to know, even though Dom Joe keep jumping in, that is what Ant is good at. Staying focused and staying cool when things are going chaotic and crazy around them. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, that, that, allows, easy, that allows you him to perform. Yeah, it's not easy, but, you know, um, obviously you got to have some support. But, I mean, I would definitely say, you know, trying to be strong-willed in, you know, who I am and how I handle situations. It was always, it was always important. But every now and then, you know, you have somebody who call you um, at a time when really you probably need it, but they don't know it, but they just – the timing of it just hit right, yeah. and that'll be what you need just to refocus. Well, I got a lot of respect because I was in that same situation. I don't even know if you even spent much time on the P-Squad, but, you know, even if you're not playing and you think you can be playing, you can be making plays, you know what you can do, it's it's hard to keep that same type of focus. It's hard to keep that same type of focus. So when you're able to keep that same type of focus, that same positive mindset, stay hanging out with the guys on the team, you know what I'm saying? All that ain't cussing oh, out the yeah. coach, ain't cussing out the coach, ain't fighting in practice. You know what I'm saying? Those type of things. Then you know, I got number of respect. Yeah. I got number of respect for it. I mean, it was it was tough. I mean, nobody really. Sometimes people really forget, honestly, that I did start off on the practice squad. Um, yeah. My rookie year, actually, I was on there for 14 weeks. So mm-hmm. it was it was hard. You know, I got that. I was uh, made it to the last cut, and they cut, and I came back, and um, I was there, uh, and I just I just went to practice every day, and really, it was just like okay. I know I'm on the practice squad, but I did find a little joy or a little comfort in, you know, going against the ones, you know, knowing, okay, now this guy, he's a starter, and this is somebody who people respect their game and they got a lot of credibility. So it was just like the quickest way I can show that I can play every day. Yeah, Yeah. going against him and, and, uh, and making plays every day and showing that, hey, you can put me on our defense. And, you know, I can go out there on Sundays and make some plays if you need and that's, a, so. and that's the difference between me and you because that used to piss me off. If I used to go out there and I used to ball out in D-Jack or somebody like that or Pierre Garçon, and then I go and I go on Sundays and see them niggas balling out on somebody else, I'd be, bro, that stuff had me high. I don't even want to watch the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't even want to watch the game, bro. So, um, so I tried, to, I tried yeah. to, like, stay near the coach. Yeah. I tried to stay in the coach, stay up on the game plans. 
So I really was really engaged as if I was an active guy. I just didn't dress out, you know. Um, during the week, it was all business. And then, you know, when the weekend came, I had a little fun because I wasn't playing, making sure I wasn't getting in trouble or drawing too much attention. But uh, I think that focus for that 14 weeks of just knowing the game plan, standing beside the coach, asking the questions so he know that I know what's going on, it gave him the confidence when people got hurt and they needed to pull up a guy. Yeah. They brought in like two guys and tried them out who had been on the roster prior, but it gave them enough confidence to say, hey, our practice squad can, our practice squad guy can come up and start for us on Thursday night versus bringing in a guy that they might have cut a year ago who just knows the system. Yeah. Well, again, man, much respect. We're going to get into outside business. So what are you working on outside of football, man? We know you got the cryo stuff going on. Anything else? And talk about the cryo business. Yeah, I got the cryo business going on. been doing that for two years now. Um, should have had a two-year anniversary coming up here, coming up or past in March. But, you know, with everything going on, wasn't able to do it. But I had that for two years now. We expanded from a, a local storefront. We added on a mobile unit, which we've taken up the UVA a couple of times, done some stuff with the players, and which we use out at different events here in Richmond. Um, then also just really just exploring other avenues. Been working with really One Love Foundation, mm-hmm. trying to do some community stuff there. Started some community stuff here back in Richmond where we're doing a, a Richmond Community Day. We try to do that once a month in the summer. What made you get in? What made you get into the uh, cryo joint? Are you full owner of it, or is it a partnership? Uh, I got I got ownership in it, um, but I really just made it part of my regimen, my off season program. Mm-hmm. Just working out, recovering, so I added it. Then after just doing you know research on it, um, gaining more information and the opportunity to present, I decided it is something that you know I want to be a part of um, because it helps not only with the athletes and their everyday you know, recovery process, but really just the everyday person. You know, you don't have to be a full-time athlete or heavy in the fitness to have knee pain, ankle pain, a lot of back problems as you get older. You know, you can come in, hop in the cryo machine, or we have a localized machine where you can hit a specific area just to relieve you from that pain and, you know, pull down the swelling and get more blood circulation. So it was something that I felt like a lot of people can benefit from and a service that a lot of people would use. So just had to, you know, step into that realm and just grow with it. How is the quarantine affecting the business? The quarantine shut down. We're getting affected like everyone else. Um, yeah. You know, got shut down, make sure our employees, you know, try to come up with something to take care of them as well. Um, and really just honestly pitting our, pitting our field first. You know, essentially we're in the health field, health and recovery. So right now we're just, doing what everybody else is doing is trying to make sure everybody's safe um, and not putting anybody in jeopardy with, you know, staying open and doing things like that. But once this thing breaks, uh, whenever that is, you know, we're excited to, you know, we'll think people will get back out there and try to do a lot more activities, whether that's getting back into the fitness realm really quickly or, you know, people may hopefully not too much, but people may get injured just from the lack of activity and just trying to jump back anything. So, We'll try to get back out there in the community as soon as we can. Y'all should, y'all should try to get a coronavirus patient inside your machine, see if y'all can freeze that thing out. And then y'all go, <laughs> then y'all might blow up. <laughs> Man, he's talking about 
they they saying they they're saying that it doesn't do well with heat, so we might gotta switch over to sauna. Yeah, okay. Word. Um so um Max, Dom, y'all got any questions for uh for Ant before we go and uh, close this thing out? Man, uh I mean actually Chase asked him because I was gonna ask him about the uh you know corona thing, but honestly, with the That's corona my- thing going on, I, I do feel like like right now with for what y'all got going on, like it should be essential. You know what I'm saying? So like it's like I like how like number one, how many how many how many how many um places in Richmond are like what you like how many it's Richmond. So how how many cryo places are there like that in Richmond? You know, and there's still people working out, there's still cross country people, there's still cross fit people. Like they still need what you're offering them. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when you look at it in the in the point of, you know, I think what's deemed essential is if it's not if it's not an injury that's life and death or something that, you know, dealing with carrying on with everyday act not everyday activities, but essential activities that are going on, I think that's kinda why we you know, we don't really fit the realm of that. I mean, we do have people, you know, going out um, who doing a cross country, who's doing the outside exercise and while social distancing. And if somebody could get hurt, we could potentially provide a service and release to them with if they had an injury or just not per se recovery, but a true injury. Uh, we could be helpful with that. But I just think, you know, it kind of pits our employees as well as, um, potential customers, you know, in harm's way of contracting it. If, you know, say someone went out and was doing cross country, they tweaked the back, rolled the ankle, we came in, did a cryo session, and one of the employees got, you know, contracted it or, and didn't know, and then contracted it, could have possibly given it to someone else, another customer. So I just think, you know, okay. for the sake of, you know, what we're trying to do as far as, Keeping it right, contained so, and then just keeping it cool. I mean, what made you put? But on so in a, in a place like Virginia, right? Like Richmond, it's not like New York. It's not. It's not like New York. It's not like a. It's not like a high density. Like it's not. There's no like population density. Is not. It's nothing like Minnesota, New York, PA, or Philadelphia, or whatever. What made you want to get to a cryo place that is so specific? in the city of richmond though like like how did you like how did you pick that out like what made you want to do that uh well it's, it was actually a, i came in i came in came on in as a partner um so he already been established um hadn't been open that long but you know every there's a market for something everywhere um but the fact that it's not in a place a high density area um there's not a lot of competition but you know being in Virginia, the weather's pretty decent majority of the year where people can get outside. Um, unlike in Minnesota where it snows majority of the year, there's going to be a lot of people with a lot of activity, whether it's the cross, uh, the, uh, what is it? CrossFit, um, the different activities. Um, some people here go on a river, do rafting, it's just a ton. I feel like it's just an area where the weather and the climate is just right where you can get 
a lot of nice warm months out of the year with some, you know, um, decently chill months, and you'll still have that volume of clients come in and out. Gotcha. And so the other thing is, too, so, like, what's crazy is, so my family, we own two car washes. Our slowest times are always are always in the summer when people yeah. wash their own cars or they go to the shore, they go to the beach, they go on vacation. Our busiest times are always during the winter when their cars yeah. are dirty, they're short on the car, and, you know, nobody wants to get out and wash their car, right? So when yep. it comes to a cryo business, like, what, like, is there a busy time or, like, like how does that work? You know, because, like, when I see you on Instagram, like, that's just cool. That's great. You know, but I'm in my head. I'm like, man, yo, I like. I wonder what they go through. Like, when's the slow time? You know, so tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, in that realm, you know, it, it, there is a little slow time. Summers are usually our busier time. Um, things tend okay. to kind of slow down a little bit during the winter. Um, it's not that people are working out less. But per se, you know, you get your work outside. In. Some people don't. Yeah, cold outside. <laughs> yeah. Don't deal with it's like that. a cold tub. Don't nobody want to get no cold tub in the winter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a similar, similar, um, similar concept. You know, some people don't want to deal with the cold when it's cold outside. But you know, for people like myself, who that's how you make your money, or if that's really your true passion, and you want to continue to hit that gym. Um, as hard as you do in the summertime and get that recovery like you do in the summertime, then you come year round. So um, we have ups and downs um, usually during the winter, but we we also we we go out and we do a lot with the athletes and stuff like that, and a lot of on site with the mobile. So kind of gives us flexibility. No, Max, what's up, man? Go ahead, Max. All right, I'm gonna try to not keep this long winded, but quick question, and you know we always talk about whether you have time to pl- make a plan B while you still trying to make a team. I just mm-hmm. want to, did you, uh, did you think about doing this cryo thing while you're on practice squad still trying to break into the starting realm or was this a thought after you had already, you know, established yourself and started, uh, started for the Vikings? Uh, yeah. And I was, I would say it was, it was kind of after I established myself a little bit. Um, you know, we, you hear that a lot as players, you want to get into stuff. Um, I'll try to get into it and make your plan B before you need it. Well, I mean, we all think like that and we all try to get it done. But quite honestly, unless you have the stability, you're not really going to be able to do it. Um, it's like, do you really want to be planning, you know, your exit plan before you even get into where you're going? Um, so that was one thing you got to try to find a balance with is, A, thinking about it and pinning small ducks in the in the row. But honestly, I mean, it's a window where it's a great window, great opportunity, and it's very short. So you kind of really got to pit all your focus um, on a creating stability. And that's, for me, that was really just year to year. So it wasn't until I got stable and became, you know, more of an intricate piece to the team where I was able to really start to branch out and do different things off the field. That's what's up. Solid. So, Ant, man, you uh, seem like you're always taking your personal brand serious. When do you start taking your personal brand serious, and is that intentional? Um, do you plan on using it for something, or is it you think it's a necessary thing in this day of time? Oh, yeah, I'm trying to blow it up. I mean, you know, I mean, there's only other people out there who you can kind of look around, try to look around 
and not really pattern anybody else's style of movement, but really just admire where they at and where they came from and some of the things they've been able to accomplish. So I do feel like, you know, your brand is essentially who you are and what you stand for. So I think that's important to, you know, kind of pick that out there, especially on my platform, really just utilizing it and show people that I am more than a football player, um, you know, and showing people that I can do other things, who I am as a person, and not just this is what I do. You know, football is what I do. It's not necessarily who I am. So that's one thing that I'm always trying to push forward and just building my brand and utilizing the moment, the platform is where I'm at. It's really just what I've been trying to do. You know, I look at a guy like LeBron who's top of the tier, top of the market as far as building his brand and really establishing himself and separating himself. So that's really what I've been trying to do. Um, and I think that kind of started, I'd probably say when I was at UVA and I got that name, Who's That Dude? Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. You did who's that dude? You did the, you got your cat's name with the who's now. Like is that that's, that's all been intentional? Yeah, I'm trying to brand it. 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 Um, so I'm really just you know just trying to build that, and you know I'm do more homework on it, trying to see how I continue to amplify that message. Um, because really it's just it's something that anybody can carry. I mean, it's who's that dude, but it could be who's that girl. You know, yeah. it's just really about. When people look at you, what do you want them to think? And the thing isn't really, you know, in a cocky way, like I'm that dude. It's really just more so about I'm always trying to grow. For me, it was like nobody knew who I was or either I want to be reach a level where they ask themselves that because they do admire where I'm at and what I'm doing. So, I mean, hopefully, I, you know, I can outgrow that in particular brand and you know, that'll be, I'll be Anthony Harris and not who's that dude, but that brand could be something that somebody else takes on who's really in the position that I once was. So I, mm-hmm. I kind of really want it to be like a torch that anybody can pick up and just start walking with. What's up, man? That's, in, that's intentional. It is, it's, uh, it's smart. It's smart. Um, and obviously you, you're always posting high content. Um, I see you keeping you keeping videos and pit cameras around. You doing that on purpose too? Make sure your content's solid. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend. I have a, um, a friend who I went to middle school with, mm-hmm. and we weren't we weren't really as good friends as some of my other friends. You know, just kind of somebody you went to school with. You know, y'all kind of more acquaintances, and you meet up later in life, and it was just like, hey, yo, I've been doing, you know, video editing and photography, and it was like, man, since middle school, you've been kind of doing that round. You just evolved with it. Yeah. So for me, it was just about, they wanted to work with me and you know, Hey, we can help build your brand, capture this moment, capture that. And I was like, Hey, all right, cool. I'll give you a chance to really grow your dream and do the thing that you, what you're passionate about and you can help me. So it was really just essentially helping each other grow. And, yeah. uh, We've just been going from there. So a lot of times he's just, he's coming up and we just hanging out and he's just shooting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's purposely like, hey, let's shoot this, let's shoot that. And other times it's just, you know, me trying to provide somebody with an opportunity to work, really. Yeah, definitely. We see your moves, man. And you're making, you're making chess moves, not checkers moves. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Um, so, man, we appreciate you being on here. Obviously, we always... 
you know, watching you and supporting you. And we all got love for you, man. We, we wish you the best as you continue to, to represent for us and everybody else at UVA and the UVA football team. Um, so let everybody know where they can reach you at just so they know they got your IG and all that stuff like that. Follow you and see, keep up with what you're doing. Yeah, everybody, they can keep up with me at Who's That Dude on Instagram. That's H-O-O-S-D-A-T, Dude. I'm also on Twitter, which I just started kind of getting up on there. I've been coming and like that more. So y'all check me out. Trying to push y'all some good content to help y'all day get a lot better. Solid. Who's That Dude on uh, Twitter, too? Yep. Awesome. Well, we got the gas of the week, man. Uh, Dom, is it you? It's my, it's my guess of the week? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I went two weeks ago, then Chase. Now it's you. Man, all right, man. Well, you know me. You know I freestyle my guess, man. But um, I'm going to have to go with uh, – well, damn, I walked outside. Let me let me walk back in the booth real quick before I walk in. All right, here we go. What the I'll say right now, man, to be honest with y'all, after everything that my man Ann said, you know, I'm proud of him and all that, but – the bottom line is, man, walk your own path. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, the only person that can save you is you. You can't you can't depend on nobody else but yourself. You know mm. what I'm saying? There might be everything going You can't compare your life to anybody else's. You can't. The only person that's going to get you to the best of you is yourself, man. So mm. walk your own path, and that's it. Man. We out. Walk your own path, man. You know, I was talking to my dad the other day. I said, man, this uh, coronavirus is causing people to walk the plank. You know, that pirate ship, how they used to walk that plank, man. And everybody else sitting at the end with that with that sword. Like, you can't come back. You either got to jump off or if you come back in here, you're getting all the smoke, man. So, hey, choose your path wisely, guys. Choose your path wisely. Well, I'll let you guys next week. We out. Rate and follow us on Instagram at CTC Podcast. Catch you next week.